listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Wednesday afternoon. Something slightly uh, interesting happening this Wednesday afternoon, and that is we're bringing the Agenda Cafe forward, and we've got our wonderful co-host Karen Co joining us. Karen, is great to see you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's real novelty to be here on a Wednesday, Noreen. I should actually put our Facebook Live on you. We are on oh, Facebook okay. Live, I'm Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio Three, and you can join us there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because normally Agenda Cafe is on Friday, but but uh, we're doing a midweek thing this week, hump day. So, And we've got a kind of interesting hump topic for you today. We're talking about long-distance love. Um, so we know many people, we're either in two situations. Either we're locked down with the one we love or used to love or hopefully still love um, together at home, you know, 24-7. But a lot of other people have been forced apart because they either happen to be in different locations when all these lockdowns started or stay-at-home orders just force them to not be able to see each other and, and of course, all the travel bans. So what we're talking about today is, you know, how do you maintain a relationship and intimacy when you can't actually be together, when you can't you can't see each other, um, and you don't even know when you might be able to see each other next. So we're joined today uh, by our wonderful guest, Valentina Tudos. Valentina is a dating and relationship coach and the founder of matchmaking agency Happy Ever After and a friend of the Agenda so Valentina, it's great to have you back. Welcome, Thank you. welcome back. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, a small correction: I don't do matchmaking; I just do dating coaching. Oh, you do dating coaching? Okay, all right. Just to be clear, because uh, it's a common misconception that coaching and matchmaking are the same thing. Okay. But for all intents and purposes, I am a love doctor. A love yes. doctor, love. <laughs> and if you go to her before, you know, the the, the D bomb drops, maybe she can save you, you know, money and time. Right, exactly. If you're if you're thinking, and heartbreak. Yeah, yes. if you're having too much togetherness and it's not working talk to Valentina before you make any rash decisions <laughs> so Valentina when we're talking about today's topic really sort of how do you keep things going when you can't even be together what are some of the the stories you've been hearing and experiences that people are having I think there's like two sides of this story. If, for example, you are in a new relationship that maybe just happened before the lockdown, um, you might be in a situation where normally you would spend a lot of time together, you would be exploring, you would essentially building like a house of that relationship. You know, you, you build it together by um, going deeper every time you meet that person and exploring each other's interests and values and vision and all that. But without the physical connection that allows you to create and to build on the chemistry, then you're forced to work much more on compatibility, which is my favorite topic when it comes to relationship, because chemistry is easy. Very often people say, oh, you know, I had this amazing connection with this that person. Spark mm. with someone. The spark, but the spark is like really very low bar, in my right. opinion. You can have that with a lot of people. Exactly, because we're biologically designed to match mm. with a lot of people. You know, we're supposed to be populating this planet or overpopulating it right now. But, um, you know, biologically, that's easy. Creating rapport with another person, uh, being attracted to the other person is not that tough. But what's difficult is the non-animal is the more spiritual part it's the it is the compatibility so being in a long-distance relationship kind of allows you to bring the rational the strategic part uh, online if you know what I mean you know so yeah chemistry can take you to great heights really mm -hmm. quickly but then when it comes down as inevitably you know we all know chemistry does 
you know, tend to... What goes up must to, come down. Exactly, <laughs> right? Um, after a while, you wake up in the morning and you're looking at your partner and you're thinking, You're not getting butterflies this? in your stomach? You're not getting the butterflies, <laughs> but also you're not getting anything. Mm. It's like, I don't even know who this person is because we, we've spent all our time in the bedroom and we don't really know anything about each other. So the long distance actually allows you to build on this compatibility. It allows you to ask difficult questions. It allows you to test whether this person is truly... Um, invested in the relationship as much as you are and you know it's actually not the distance that destroys relationship is the the lack of conversation so if you are in a long distance relationship for me it's a huge opportunity to start uh, deepening that connection to create more emotional and intellectual intimacy with each other as opposed to jumping straight into bed and you have any conflict you don't work it out you just you know jump straight for the the bonding experience that sex gives you, which of course it's very powerful and very important. But if, if you don't talk things through, if you don't understand why that conflicts occur, it will just create a pattern and ultimately it will affect the relationship in the wrong run. So that's the positive side, the opportunity. Of course, there are challenges with that because sometimes people who are not aligned in their views of the relationship, where is this going? Mm. Uh, they may find that, you know, it's a bit of a, what sometimes people call a situationship yes. instead of a relationship, well, right? It's not clear <laughs> well, it's not, if it's not going anywhere, mm. for me, the whole point uh, of uh, building a relationship is that you, it's essentially merging your two roads. You're coming from one point, they're coming from a, another point, and it's like this, you know, it just kind of meets somewhere in the middle eventually. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no relationship. There's a merger in the roads eventually. Right. Yeah. So if you think even the word relationship means how do I sit in relationship to you? So if you're not actually coming closer together, um, it's not really uh, possible to create that intimacy and that connection and to build something, you know, in the same space. If we're just talking, yeah. you know, as as we say these days, because if we're not dating, we're talking. Right. <laughs> if you can be talking, talking to years. someone, you can be talking <laughs> for years. And it's like, okay, are we ever going to be in the same place? I have a lot of clients actually in this situation where they have someone, you know, a significant someone, let's say, who is, I don't know, in the US or in Europe. And the conversation is, well, we don't, I don't want to move there and they don't want to move here. So what are we actually doing? Mm. You cannot really have a long distance relationship forever. There needs to be some sort of a game plan in place. Exactly. Mm. So to me, it is the opportunity of building towards that future of aligning that, okay, this is what we're both doing. Like, it may not be that, uh, you know, if I live in Hong Kong and my other part partner, let's say, or potential partner lives in the US, maybe we agreed to move to Europe together so mm -hmm. that it's not like one person has to give everything up. But I've recently had this case with, uh, with a client who... Uh, married someone who was based far away and they decided to move to Dubai together. He had some experience of being in Dubai, she didn't. And in one year, their whole uh, marriage essentially collapsed because for her, it was too much of a transition. She was right. not ready for being in a new place with no support structure, with nothing. And what happens, especially when you have this mindset that a relationship is like a fairy tale, um, you then have expectations that come from picture books and from Disney movies. And the reality 
doesn't match. Yeah. Because when that happens, when we think this is my Prince Charming and this is my fairy tale wedding and I'm going to live happily ever after, we have no idea what happily ever after really looks like in the fairy tales. We have to create our own happy ever after. But we usually assume that our partner will be our everything and we're not going to need anybody. Guess what? That doesn't happen in real life. The best thing is really you have your partner for some things and then you have a lot of friends for different things yeah. and you have exactly. different and needs, have different yourself. people uh, for different, you know, mm. you can't expect that one person to be, you know, your best friend, your shopping buddy, your intellectual, you know, right. exactly. Impossible. exactly. But we do have we that do. expectation. <laughs> yeah. What about, I'm just thinking back to when you said, say, if people are in a newish, newish relationship, if you're in the same city, at least, it's easy to just say, oh, I like things the way they are, mm -hmm. right? And you can go out every weekend or however often it is and see each other. And there's no pressure to know where it's going because you can, you know, have, you can see each other pretty regu regularly. If you, if you can't see each other, do you think that people feel uh, they can still carry on like that? Or, or is there more pressure to have some kind of destination? I think people will feel that the connection will uh, decrease because you don't have the physical bonding that can happen when you're, you know, dating every week. Even if you don't date someone that frequently, you don't have to necessarily increase the frequency and the amount of time that you spend with each other. You can just meet once a week if that suits you. I mean, for some people, you know, if you're if you're very busy, if you've got a life, and if you have relatively low needs of uh, validation, appreciation, I don't know, you're you're maybe a little bit more introverted, and you don't a need that wolf. much. Yeah, <laughs> or, or just you're in a pattern. Actually, yes. a lot of this is habits. And I have friends like that. They have such a routine. You know, they go spinning. They 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 have a work call. You know, on certain Mondays and Thursdays, and then they fit in their spinning. They've got to do their groceries. That actually, they just want to see their partner once a week mm -hmm. once exactly. a week is but then the, you know i also have other friends oh you know they're not seeing me three times a week um what are they doing exactly and you have to find someone that matches your needs ultimately. your your level of uh, involvement yes you, you were mentioning me manifesting a boyfriend i'm not really manifesting a boyfriend right now because i'm thinking all right i'm not really sure where it would fit and i said to you before that originally i said okay i want a boyfriend that doesn't live here right <laughs> because i really you know i know in the beginning of a relationship when the chemistry is high if i had someone here that i would be very in love with i would really struggle because i would want to spend time with this partner and i would want them to want to spend time with me and then i would obviously have to decrease the amount of effort and energy that i'm putting into my business and my yeah. clients and it was really mm. a big it's a trade -off. um attention for me it's like okay do i want this do i want that then of course i realized that actually you can have everything that you can have a relationship and you can have a business but you just have to find Strike the right balance. partner yes and yes. to be with someone who is okay with allowing me to be my independent self so you're right it depends on your personality and it depends on your expectations and requirements for a relationship if you are the codependent type let's say some people yes. are and you know it doesn't have to codependency doesn't have to be toxic mm. it really is the amount of effort that they require from their partner and some of us need to feel more prioritized mm. than others and some of us are pretty cool with just like you said once a week i was talking to a client two days ago and she was telling me about this new relationship and you know um we meet like twice a week and um 
I said, okay, is that enough for you? Like, yeah, that's fine. Like, do you talk with each other in between? No, we just talk to arrange dates. Mm. And you're fine with that <laughs> level? He's like, yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, now, if that is truly the real answer, if she's fine with that because she needs, she has a life that mm -hmm. is busy with other stuff, then, you know, you can have this kind of long distance situation or sh short, distance short distance situationship where you're keeping it on the low. It's it's a casual relationship. As long as you have, you know, it's all about vision. Um, I talk a lot about this in my in my all the public stuff that I do, because it is important that you are aligned with that person. Yeah. And for whether you're seeing this person every week or you only see them every three months, I feel that you really need to be aligned to know we are in this together. And if we're not even in the same boat, which means that we don't have a common vision. We're literally just friends. Yes. Yeah, we can share memes, we can talk, we can do whatever, because right. modern yeah. relationships watch, are like that. You can watch Netflix <laughs> together online. Like people in lockdown just create and share memes, memes with each yeah. other more, more than a Facebook anything group, else. just you yes. and me. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I mean, the other thing that I was thinking of is that, you know, when, you get, when you're getting to know someone in real life, you know, when you're actually spending time with them, part of it is obviously what happens between the two of you, but also you're looking at how they interact with other people. You know, how do they treat the taxi driver? How do they treat mm. the waiter when you go on a date? How do they talk to their parents? And that's all, you know, all that's feeding into, okay, could I actually live with this person long term? Because for example, I hate the way they talk to the security guard or they clearly are not very respectful, you know, to the cleaners. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And and it's uh, exactly what I was trying to say in my Facebook live last night when I was talking about screening questions, right? So you can have once you have a, a vision, you need to have a list of requirements and respect, uh, generosity, um, you know, being polite, being warm with people. They appear on a lot of people's lists, which yeah. is normal. But if you're just talking to this person on the phone and it's always one on one, you are not able to test that that requirement is true. And you can't exactly go to a date or a few dates with a list and say, can you please tick the boxes? Right. Like, which yes. ones are you, are you respectful? Yeah, of course I'm respectful because the requirements are these requirements are subjective, mm. which means my definition of respect counts. If a man thinks that respect means he gives me his jacket and he walks on the, you know, the, the car the side of the street right. yes. or whatever, or he pulls my chair, that's respect for him. I appreciate it and it's great. But maybe for me, I feel that respect means not leaving me on read on read for mm. days and then mm. you know eventually remember that i sent you a message mm. or so don't ignore me for me respect maybe means be nice to the waiter mm. for me that is a huge actually red flag if someone is rude it, to the waiter yeah yeah i walk exactly. yeah. or uh you know if someone is, gets aggressive mm -hmm. for any reason like there's or no second chance talks mm. down to somebody to somebody who pe he perceives as less important yeah, yeah. and you see Definitely. that in people and of course the the social aspect of us tells us so much about what the person truly is because when we are on a date, we put our best foot forward, right. so to speak. We we actually, I, I call this the packaging trap because we package ourselves in, in something that is not authentic and it's not real. But if you are just having, I don't know, Zoom dates or you, you talk on the phone or what's happening, I mean, not to mention texting each other yeah. and how many misunderstanding and how many heartbreaks happen just because of the 
you seem sad or you seem angry. It's like, I just said hi. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Why didn't you answer me for 25 minutes ago, right? Well, yeah, yeah I do want to t- sort of talk about communication. We've got a couple of minutes before the news. By the way, our listeners, please feel free to join us on Facebook Live. Um, also, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the Facebook, and we're talking to Valentina Tudos there. So feel free to put your questions directly to her if you have any questions to do with long-distance love and how to maintain your love join us there so my next part is also about communication you know communication is so important in all relationships um, but it's especially so when you are in a long-distance relationship because you don't get that physical touch mm-hmm. or that uh, that another level of bonding so how do you sort of avoid miscommunication and uh, you mentioned just now texting mm. um, but sometimes that is necessary also because you know, you may be at different time zones and maybe you've got different levels of energy uh, during different times of the day. So how can you communicate effectively? (laughs) Well, that's a good question in texting or otherwise, because I feel that we all actually live on different planets. Each of us has a different experience of life and everything gets filtered through our own perception. So even seeing a message as simple as, hi, good morning, you know, if I'm in a bad mood, I will interpret it as like, what's good about it, you know? Uh, And a lot of my, you know, I interpret it through my energy. It's entirely my perception, my judgment. So when I talk to people about um, how they can communicate better, everybody comes to coaching saying, we need to communicate better. Mm It's just the surface thing, though. Yeah, communication is communication is um, very often not just what we say, but how we say it. I had this whole conversation uh, with a couple yesterday about, oh, we don't communicate. One of them is like, talk, 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 talk. And the other one is like, no. Valentina, we might have to just take a quick, um, (laughs) we go to the news now and we'll return to more chat uh, after the news. Welcome back to the 123 Show with the Agenda Cafe this afternoon. And we are chatting with Valentina Tudos, a dating and relationship coach, uh, joining us uh, this Wednesday afternoon, along with Karen Ko, our wonderful co-host. Uh, join us on Facebook Live, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, Valentina, before the news break, we were chatting a little bit more about the importance of communication, you know, in, in all relationships, but uh, more so uh, in, in long-distance relationship. And you made an excellent point just now about it's not what you say it's really how you say things that actually can lead to the the demise or the growth (laughs) of, of a relationship so can you continue with that train of thought yeah, I guess the, the point that I was trying to make is that um, when you have in-person communication, um, we the, the message that we're actually sending is way more than verbal. Only 7% of communication is actually verbal. And the rest of it, the 93% that is remaining is body language, is tonality, is the kind of words that you use in the, the combination, so to speak, not the individual choice uh, of words. So all of these made make up 100 percent of your message now when you're just not able to see your partner so when you don't have a zoom call for example or any facetime or whatever when it's just voice or when it's just whatsapp um we we fill that gap with something and what do we fill it with our perception 
our interpretation, our interpretation. Of and depending on our experience of that person or, or our, our experience mood of that day the even. mood of the day the energy that we're in the environment that we're in the upbringing you know how what kind of other experiences we've had in this space we make a lot of stuff up Mm-hmm. We add so much meaning to a simple how are you that the other person can totally lose track of where are we with this whole thing. So for long distance, what I, I find that is really important is again for you to be deliberate and conscious about what is it that you're trying to get out of each um, contact that you have with that person, especially if you're building a new relationship, because it's very easy to get caught up in this whole rapport, establishing things like, oh, let's get to know each other. What do you like to eat? What do you do? Tell me about your friends. Tell me about work. And you end up hearing, you know, a lot of bitching sessions because yes. mm-hmm. the, the other person may have had a bad uh, day at the office, their boss may be whatever, giving them a hard time, but you're not actually deepening the connection. So for me, what's important to keep in mind as you're trying to build a long distance relationship is to understand what am I actually trying to figure out today? What is the the piece of the puzzle that I'm seeking at this point? You know, we talked about requirements earlier, knowing what your requirements are actually can give you a set of questions that will help you determine whether those requirements are met. You know, talking about someone's passions, talking about what excites them right now. What is it that they would like to do, for example, if they didn't do this job that they hate at the moment? Um, there is a really brilliant uh, study that was done. There are a couple of TED Talks about this, the 36 questions to fall in love. Oh, yes. I've I don't know if that. you heard yes. of that. Um, but I think it's a, it's a brilliant tool to get to know each other. And because they're questions that you ask each other um, and answer them, it can tell you so much more. So my favorite uh, they go from for those listeners and viewers who don't know what I'm talking about you can google 36 questions to fall in love New York Times and it will come up and the first question for example I don't remember all of them but is who would be your ideal dinner guest and why Mm, and it may sound like such a trivial or silly question but actually it can tell you so much about the other person right because whoever that is would be most likely an inspiration or a role model for you and then it creates an opportunity for the person to explain why you know why does Stephen Hawking inspire you maybe you know it's a banker or someone that you think it's a bit boring or an accountant but you know if they're inspired by by someone like Stephen Hawking maybe you realize that they have a lot of spiritual depth or Mm. there is a lot of conversations that you haven't had what if they say someone you don't like (laughs) they say Jennifer Lopez and you think oh but it's not about whether you like that person or not it's it's not about you yeah actually I remember one of those questions is uh, when was the last time you cried yes and and obviously they were going to why they cried which that tells you a lot about someone as well you know if it's if it's something that they saw if it's because of uh, uh, something that happened to them or a loved one Mm -hmm. Um, but if, if you wanted to do something like that would you you know is it actually a good idea to say I would like to get to know you better can we do this to actually kind of explicitly say that rather than wait for it to happen organically because it may not happen organically if you're far apart yes absolutely if you are deliberate you know like again it's an alignment on whether are we trying a casual relationship where we're just kind of sending memes to each other and sort of keeping in touch 
through I don't know sexting or something like that or do we actually try to build the, something on the foundation and to create a foundation you need to go beyond what you like to eat and what did you do at work mm. right or where you come from or where you like to travel so if you make that you, you need to have the conversation okay what is it that you're looking for we seem to have a connection is this connection likely to lead to something are you even in the market for for a committed relationship eventually it doesn't mean that if we have this conversation of what is it that you're looking for you making a commitment to marry me in six months time absolutely not because neither of us knows if we are the one for each other, right? It's the exploration that matters. And that's where communication is brilliant and it's necessary because how do we know someone is the one just because we have a connection, which means lust. Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually take us too far, although so many people get married on that basis. <laughs> yeah. And then they come to me for breakup coaching. Um, and the divorce lawyers but um, if you make that alignment with someone if you let's say you meet someone like on holiday and you have a conversation with them and you say yeah actually you know I am looking for a serious relationship it doesn't have to be right now and I'm happy to explore where this is going you create that um, that space where you can build something it's not an expectation but it's alignment that's how I look at it so asking the question what is it that you're wanting your at this point in your life how do you and, and some of the questions in the 36 questions list is what is it that you really want for yourself you know what is your vision what does perfect life looks like for you and if you have this conversation and this person says, you know, my perfect life is to be like on Tinder for the rest of my life and it's meet as many people as possible. People. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I have a goal to tend to, to date 5,000 people. Like, okay, then maybe. But maybe you're not for me then. Maybe we are not going to <laughs> We're not keep aligned. going. Yeah, because it is that, right? We have some questions uh, for you, Valentina. Um, Amanda says on the Facebook page, uh, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3, how long is too long of a long distance? <laughs> or if there's, uh, or if there can be, uh, no plan in the near future to close the distance, and I think Mandy also echoes that point. She goes, "Yes, I understand that there is a need to, uh, for a plan to be together eventually. In the meantime, how can we keep our long distance relationship alive?" So over to well, fine. Funnily enough, through communication, through keep building, uh, you know, to maintaining this connection that you have through aligning on the amount of energy that you need your partner to put into the relationship, what we were talking earlier. You know, if I just call you every three days, you're probably not going to feel very prioritized and you're probably not going to feel like I'm really into this for the long run. And um, so making sure that you break down whatever the, the final vision is of being together into manageable goals, yes. you know, baby steps. Like, okay, if you, obviously right now nobody can uh, can travel, which is a bit of a problem. We were talking in mm. our break about our long distance relationships when the world was free. Yeah. And it was much easier to plan to see each other every month, every two months, every three months, and to know that you have that possibility. But if you've just met someone in January and they live somewhere else and literally you have no idea when it might be possible to meet again, then it really is very important that you start making, uh, prioritizing each other and making plans, having dates 
online. Mm. Like really, I know people think they've been doing online dating for a long time, but I'm talking, you know, hanging out with each other online. Setting time aside and watching a movie together, having a meal together. Exactly. And all these services that have been created actually in the last few months where Netflix uh, has done all these watch parties, um, you know, even the, the dating apps are starting to open to video calling. Not that people don't have enough opportunities for video calling, but obviously they want to create uh, an environment, a microcosm where you can just stay within Bumble and, and have all your dating experiences. There's startups out there who are creating uh, online or matchmaking or a speed dating events where you can meet lots of people. But if you are in with someone already, hmm. um, then definitely making the effort. This is even if you live with someone at home, you know, so many couples disconnect because they don't talk to each other. Yeah, they maybe co-parent. Mm-hmm. They talk logistics and okay, who's picking up the kids? Who? What? What time do you need the car? That kind of yeah. stuff. But I ask so many couples I work with. When is the last time that you actually ask each other what made you excited today? What did you learn today that was interesting or funny or mm. sweet? Because we just get into this routine and taking each other for granted, mm. whether we are together or not, to be honest. Mm. And we just kind of talk about. Uh, your Stuff. day. How was your day? Good. Yes, yes. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What do you want to have for dinner? And that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Valentina, you, you brought up an excellent point about communication. But then, you know, th- there's so much technology which helps with that. But there's also the downside of it. Mm. Um, social media, for example, you know, and, and sometimes it brings a lot of problem into relationships and long distance relationship where you the other person says they're busy at work. And then you see on their social media that they're actually um, checked into a bar or that they're <laughs> You just and and it's exactly of course. <laughs> and that's exactly what you said. You know, it's about the um, uh, perception or the or the expectation that we've built up in our head. You said you were busy, so why are you doing X, Y, and Z instead of talking to me? So, have you seen from from your client base, you know, social media leading to a bigger divide? Well, yeah, because uh, social media allows you to stalk your partner, um, whether they are at home or not. Stalk. Research. <laughs> Research. Okay, Care. Care. Keep an eye. Yeah. You know, I'm... Follow. I care for you, yeah. so I know. Following you. Yeah, I'm liking... <laughs> like I'm watching the moment your story comes up, oh. I'm there. Um, well, you know, I mean, part of it is because obviously we're attached to that person. We like them. We want to know, you know, when you're in love with someone, especially in the early days of a relationship, you can't stop thinking about them. Mm. And all you want to do is kind of see them all the mm. time. And, and connect all the time. Yeah. Right? And when you have a notification oh. that your partner, you know, the person that you love, your significant other has posted something, of course, your heart goes up and you light up. Really? I'm so glad my, I'm so glad Andy's not really on social media. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't get any notifications. It's more about me. <laughs> Sorry, Valentina. No, but it means but, that they can have the oh, opportunity yeah, no, to see talking. you, right? <laughs> and that's good. It means, you know, if they don't do it and if they, they never say, hey, I saw that you posted something at 12 o'clock today. What were you doing? You're supposed to be in, in the middle of the okay, show. Right. <laughs> yes, what are you true. doing on Instagram? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there are obviously um, a lot of couples who argue over social media yes, usage because exactly. um, the, the concept of quality time spent quality time with your partner for some people means you're sitting with them in front of the TV with the TV on Netflix on and you're actually scrolling through your phone that is not quality time that is a waste of time (laughs) from a relationship perspective right because the 
the point of spending quality time is that you give energy to each other. That is an energy exchange between you and your partner, which means you look at each other, you talk to each other, you hear each other, you shut up when the other speaks, don't speak over them all the time, you know, talking about communication. Most people don't actually listen. Most people who are in these patterns of constant arguments and conflicts which never get resolved literally do not give each other three minutes to speak. Uh, I am about to implement a system with my couples coaching of yellow and red cards (laughs) just to to get some people to shut up because they even pay to hear someone bicker. Right. And they're often arguing about the same stuff. Always. Most couples argue over four or five things, but they don't realize that whatever shape that argument takes is actually about one or two very fundamental requirements or needs that are not met. So conflict management, um, all the techniques that I teach them is really how to get to that point that usually comes three hours into the argument after you've been shouting at each other over you came home late for dinner or you spend all your time on your Instagram. Actually, you know, the real issue is I don't feel loved. I don't feel prioritized. I don't feel like I matter. Mm. I don't feel like you care. And it's hard to say that because you have to be vulnerable and yeah, but then you say it in a way that, you know, you are vulnerable and you say, you know what this is about at the end of that argument. At that point, you can talk about anything. Your partner is not listening because already their uh, their adrenaline levels and you're you're in fight or flight and nobody cares. Yeah. And one thing that's really important with a long distance relationship or any relationships actually is is the ability to have that separate life and allowing your partner to have that separate life. Because while it's important that they prioritize you in the relationship is at the end of the day, they are in a foreign place by themselves with their own friends and their own set of um, activities that they do mm. so it's about allowing them to have that room but many couples don't actually realize that and 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 want that control over the other person like you must come back right. at this time to skype with me or something or i called you and you didn't where were, you? where were yes. you yeah i have some clients who um literally cannot not pick up if their girlfriend is calling them like one person i have in mind like literally no matter what he does he has to pick up I'm otherwise like, wow. he's in trouble yeah yes i've mm. known someone like For that. that's yeah. overly possessive isn't it I mean, you know, for me, all my buttons are pushed when I hear that sort of stuff personally, because I'm an ultra independent person, which is also the other extreme, Mm. right? But um, talking about what you said, you know, the early stages of a relationship is a merging stage. What we're trying to do is to get together, to become close, to become, you know, the, the merger, the transition from me as an individual to we. Yes. And it's very important for bonding. It's, it is a fundamental phase in, in, the attach, in the attraction phase of a relationship, which is all based on lasting chemistry. We want to bond with that person. We want to spend all our time with them. You know, you want to spend all your time in bed with them, touching them, being with them, not necessarily in a sexual way, but just merging. Physically. Mm-hmm. Your auras, yeah. your energy is what you want to merge. But then if you stay in that space, you will experience fundamental uh, loss of individuality or your sense of identity will become diluted. And you hear this in, in meshed couples. When people say, oh, you know, when I hear this, we're pregnant. Right, <laughs> right. Yes. No. no like, really? No, she she well? is, she's pregnant. How, how did he manage it? You know? Like, really? I didn't know he was trans. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of 
couples like, oh, yeah, we do this all the time. Oh, we love that restaurant. It's like, well, you know, actually, maybe you like that restaurant more than your partner, but you are so used with this enmeshed idea that your relationship has become a unit that you are not really allowing yourself to have friends. And we all have had friends who started dating someone and they you never, never saw got them again. You never yes. saw them again right. until they were breaking up mm-hmm. and they came all over to, to cry on your shoulder. Those people are going through this cycle of, you know, uh, the, complete emerging or enmeshment and then you know the heartbreak is going to be so much more because you're breaking a unit you know if you have this antiquated idea that you have to find your half that you're right. only a half yes. with you know the other one completes you yeah you know that whole jerry Maguire bs and and that is is a, a very difficult um transition you know from and the the second phase actually after you have the romance phase of a relationship which is this merger you have the power struggle so it happens in all mm. relationships mm. where this tendency of you know getting together and being accepted and being loved it starts to feel like smothering it starts to feel like oh Okay, I'm feeling trapped now. Yeah. Now I can't do anything. Now I'm supposed to go out trapped with yes. this. And so it, it, it does feel like it, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so then the power struggle starts because each each member of the couple, each partner, is trying to reassess their, or rediscover a new sense of identity. Because of course, through this merger with the other person, you have changed. Mm. Mm the you that you were before the relationship has grown into something else because you've experienced this deep connection with someone which both on the inside and I don't know maybe on the outside as well has changed you a little bit but then it becomes uncomfortable what was really really comfortable for a time being together and whatever after a while it becomes like oh okay uh what it's do I do now? Much. You know, yes. it, it can become uh, overwhelming. Mm. So then the power struggle starts, which uh, is the chance where, or uh, it, it is sometimes when, especially long distance couples, uh, feel that it could be the make it or break it phase of the relationship right. because you've you've put so much time, you spend so much time, like hours and hours. Like so many couples, I hear new couples who have a strong connection. We spend the whole night on the phone. Yeah. I fell asleep and then I woke up. He was still on the phone with me, which is kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of, I don't know, endearing. We've all done that yeah, uh, years ago. Yeah, yeah like maybe it depends uh, on your age group, yes, right? Exactly. But, um, you know, at some point you realize that you're actually Beauty losing sleep. Beauty sleep is more important. Yeah. Which is way That's more right. important. And right? also back then the phone bills were much more expensive. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Yes. Um, but now it's like, okay, you can keep somebody really, on, on yeah. you know, just Until just your battery runs out. Yes. <laughs> um, but then they realize that, you know, they become so addicted you know, it becomes like an addiction because you get used to it. It becomes one of those what I keep calling unconscious agreements in a relationship that you should always be here with me. And then the moment this power struggle phase uh, kicks in, you kind of go, oh, it's changed. You don't you didn't text me. Good morning. You didn't text me. Good night. When I hear this, I'm dying. Mm. <laughs> For some people, it's like, oh, this is when the relationship changes. The first thing that, you know, I think of and the last thing that I think of before I go to bed, that right. kind of thing. And it's not realistic. You know what I'm thinking of before I go to bed? You know, what time to wake up the next morning? Exactly. Like, <laughs> and how many hours of sleep do I actually have? <laughs> Which email do I need to send yeah. first thing in the morning? Exactly. Well, do a gratitude yeah. thing. <laughs> like, what, what I suggest that you do is you, you end your day with uh, thank you for all the beautiful things rather than thinking overthinking about yes. the day but that's a different different mm-hmm. story for a different day um, but from a relationship perspective you know the more you become caught up in that habit of having your 
partner in your life the whole time, you start having very high expectation of the amount of energy they will put into the relationship. And it's just not sustainable. It is, you know, maybe in lockdown, let's say, mm. you had a lot of times to, I don't know, hang out with each other and bake together and watch Netflix together and have a glass of wine and all that. But once, and imagine that you're in two different countries where like in Hong Kong, no more lockdown. Yes. I can go out and yes. have a party and I can see my friends and I can go to barbecues and to junks. And I may be seeing or talking to someone who's still, I don't know, in the UK or somewhere where there's very strict laws and they can't get out. And of course they're gonna be there feeling abandoned and lost and like you don't care about mm. me. You're going out with other people. What is this? I we had something mm -hmm. so that's when a lot of uh, conflicts can appear and a lot of us are too afraid to raise these things over long distance because we think that's gonna you know i'm gonna feel needy uh, my partner is gonna say well you know whatever yeah. is not working right. for me yeah. you know so i keep saying you know <laughs> well we do have three minutes before the end of the program what yeah. tips what solid advice do you have uh, for some of our listeners who are sort of going through the motions of a long distance relationship what are some must uh, do's and don't do's well, must-dos are really get alignment from the beginning. Uh, have clarity with this partner. Where is it that you're going? You know, and it's okay to say we don't know. Sometimes you just don't know because right. life is extremely unpredictable at the moment. But it's more in the attitude. It's but not the alignment comes in because if you don't know and the other person really needs to know, then that's going to be conflict. Yeah. Of course. Yes. And that, if you think you want this relationship and you assume the other person wants the same thing, that's when you're going to exactly. be very but disappointed. Sort of, to be honest about, yeah. okay, I really don't know, yeah. rather than yeah. pretend, oh, yeah, I think we can go have a future. Right? Yeah. For me, it's honesty is the most important part of this. And this is the, the beauty of, you know, the reason why I think of long distance relationship as the waiting room for the real thing. Because in this waiting room, you actually practice all these skills of, of communicating your needs, your wants, making requests of your partner, saying and establishing boundaries. So these are some key topics. Be aligned in what it is that you want. It doesn't matter that you don't necessarily agree on at the end of this, we're going to move in together because that's unrealistic. You're starting a journey. You don't know what the end is going to be. But without a vision, you don't know where you're going. You know, mm. you don't know what path you're going to take. So at least have an agreement that you're willing, you're open to this evolving into something serious. Mm. If you're saying absolutely not, I'm not ready for anything serious and the other partner is, then that's a deal breaker. Readiness and availability for a relationship is a fundamental, it's a, it's a uber deal breaker. Mm -hmm. Because if that's not there, you can't build anything, right? If the other person is not ready, let's say you're dating someone who just finished a relationship two months ago. There, if, especially if it was a relationship, I don't know, five, six years, something like that. They will want to play the field. They will want to feel the freedom. They will want to get used to who they are again by themselves. So they're not ready. Uh, some people are entangled with others. They may not have, the divorce may not be finalized. Again, that person is not available for a relationship. So if you start thinking, okay, this is going somewhere. I want commitment with this person. You don't know when the court is going to decide that this divorce is gonna come through. And you also don't know whether the person may not change their mind because I don't know, maybe I wanna take care of my kids. 
I don't want a divorce for whatever reason. So again, alignment is the first thing. Whatever it is that you're aiming for, be in the you know aiming for that same thing. Uh, be clear about your boundaries. Be clear about your needs. Just say you know texting me every three days with a hey how you doing? I'm just making pizza is not going to cut it. Uh, but hey how are you doing? Uh, how has your day been? Let's you know can I Let's call chat. you? Mm-hmm. Can yeah. I call you so that we we kind of exchange some information? Let's have some important conversations about what you know what we feel inside here now a lot of people don't like to talk about feelings that's a different story you know see if uh, you feel the other partner is not emotionally available Mm. to you then that's another deal breaker that is very difficult to explore and also remember that every relationship is actually a mirror so whatever you get from the other person is a reflection of a behavior or an attitude or a belief that you have yourself so ask yourself the question, you know, if you get upset, if you get angry with the other person, if something doesn't work, ask yourself the question, what can I learn from this experience rather than why is this happening to me? Why is this happening again? Because lots of people see this like, oh, right. yeah, see, I was in this relationship and then it's and it it's started to go down. And they don't see yeah. what they're doing to make it happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Valentina, it's such a pleasure to have you join us this afternoon. Remind us uh, uh, once again, if people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they go to? Um, Probably the easiest place would be to visit my website, which is happyeverafter.asia, not happily, (laughs) just to be clear (laughs) on that one. Uh, But just, you know, a Google search with Valentina Tudor's Happy Ever After should uh, make me pop up. Uh, I also have Facebook, also Valentina Tudor's. And on uh, Instagram, I am the real queen maker. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today, Valentina. And we look forward to having you back next time. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Uh, Thanks very much, Valentina. And to you, Karen. Thank you very much.